0: For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail, from strenuous to wheelchair accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where OneTravel comes in. With OneTravel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With OneTravel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit one slash music or call 855 437 2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One travel. Michelle Cassidy and Jonathan Carey are the Places editors at Alex Obscura. They see all the things that everyone sends in, and they are the people who help publish our database of 22,000-plus places all over the world. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Jonathan. How are you guys?
1: Hello, Dylan. Very good.
2: Hey, Dylan.
0: You mentioned that you had come across a number of places recently about sort of that shared a theme about having... Like a vision I before we get into them, I'm interested to hear about them. But I'm curious, have you ever have either of you ever had a like a vision, really prophetic dream where you woke up, like, a oh, feeling like I have to pay attention to this. This is like telling me something
1: that's so interesting. Weirdly, I feel like I've had very boring dreams that I remember every second of. And then I have to think back about like what I've worn in the last few days to figure out if they were real or not. A while ago, I had a dream that I was like eating fudgesicles and in an orange shirt. I just assumed that was a real thing and then went to the freezer and there weren't any in there. And I just had to sort of puzzle it back out that that didn't actually happen. So I've had a, I feel like that's a reverse vision and, uh, and just the most boring possible answer that I could have given you.
0: No, I, listen, the fudge fudgesicles are in your future, maybe. I mean, maybe uh, it you- turned
1: into a vision because I did go purchase a box of fudgesicles <laughs> later. It's like self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes,
0: yes, exactly. What about you, Jonathan?
2: Uh, I don't know if I've really had any vision, so to speak. I think I'm kind of maybe more a little bit more on the boring side too. Like, I, I think when I first decided to move to New York, six seven years ago I think I had like a vision like an epiphany like I'm gonna go be a journalist I'm gonna go be a writer I'm gonna do this and like mm. just one day woke up and decided to do it but um, that counts yeah so I do have an excellent story about somebody who did have a very interesting vision his name is Timofey Vasilevic Prokhorov He constructed the East West Peace Church in Munich, Germany, and this came after a vision called him to basically leave his family and construct this holy site. So this gentleman uh, lived during World War II, and he lived in Russia and he basically earned a living exporting coal um, throughout the country. And so happens one day while he was doing his job, he was forced by a group of German soldiers to help them flee the approaching Red Army, which I could only imagine how terrifying that was uh, during this time. So he, he helped them flee. They let him go. And right after that, he, as the story goes, had a vision of Mary. And this vision told him that he must head to the east and build a church.
0: That's a real classic vision. Like the like, Mary is one of these. Is
1: like, one of the all time greats.
2: Yeah, totally. Top top ten visions. So he basically left his entire family behind, um, left his wife at the time, left his family, and basically went to pursue this church. Um His first stop was in Vienna, and as the story goes, they're saying that that was where he originally was going to build the church at. Um, he met his. He met his future wife. (laughs) He met his future wife there uh, by the name of Natasha. And it said, the story goes that he had another vision there that told him, no, you must go further, go to Germany and build this church. Um, So eventually he settled down in Munich, where he established this church, which is called the East West Peace Church.
0: Just to go back a second. And so I'm clear. So this was a person who like he had a job exporting coal And then he had, and then his vision, he had a kind of a religious, uh, you know, uh, experience, a a miraculous vision. And then he, like, changed his life to go build churches.
2: A miraculous vision after being kidnapped by the German army and almost forced out of the country. So, yeah, so he did have, like, almost, I guess you would say that... um, a life-changing experience as well. And then this, then he had this vision that kind of came right after that.
0: He did leave his family behind after he had that vision too, which is a little
1: bit of a, Yeah, a, found a new family.
0: It feels like there might have been other uh, factors happening in this visionary quest.
2: I must say that I, in my research of Mr. Timothy that it's a he's an interesting <laughs> character, so I would say that if if you do get the chance, go read up about him a lot more. He's a very interesting guy, but so anyway he he made it got there into this church, his particular location where he decided to build this church um and basically, he just found scrap and rubble that was located around and began constructing this church with his wife um and it was completed around about nineteen fifty four mm. and Basically, after he finished the church, he offered it for services to both Catholic and Orthodox churches to use. But both churches refused to use it because they saw other elements of the other one in the construction of the church. Oh,
0: that's interesting.
1: What does this church look like?
2: The church is like completely white. It's all white with like teal blue chapel. It's very small. It's almost like one of those just a common chapel. The inside of the church looks incredible.
1: Yeah, I, I was just gonna say it's got all these like, you know, they're the like icon saint paintings and sort of like a bunch of different little rugs stacked on top of each other. It's very charming. Yes,
2: it is. Do you know when he um, when he died? Yep, two thousand and four, at the age of one hundred and ten. <laughs> wow!
1: Oh wow! Yeah, I feel like you really buried the lead. This man lived to be 110.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I like I said, Tim, Timothy is a very interesting figure. Outside of him leaving his family behind, like it's this very like unique story of of a person like surviving a harrowing experience, having a vision, a prophetic vision, and actually completing this massive journey to do it and actually in establishing. And, and if you look at where the church is located, it's not like on a city corner anywhere. It's literally like in the in the wilderness.
0: What about you, Michelle? You, you, it sounds like you also have a place that sort of ties into this theme of, of vision.
1: So I'd like to tell you about another man with a vision, though maybe one that's not quite as literal, and the monument that he built after spending years of his life looking for the source of the Nile in Africa. <clears throat> This is a story about a place built by a German explorer named Burkhardt Waldecker. He left Germany in uh, the 30s. He was essentially chased out by the Nazis. And he came to the Congo, which was at the time a Belgian colony. Um, And he became sort of obsessed with finding the true source of the Nile River. And I don't know if you guys know this, but... In the Victorian era, there was this, like, very big... Mad rush. ...effort, very big push, mostly by European explorers coming to the African continent. They're like, we're going to find the one true source of this, like, mighty river. And it's fascinating, because, like... You know, right. this is mm-hmm. the longest river in the world. It doesn't really have one true source. It's the culmination of, like, many small streams and rivers and lakes all pushing out. For a while, it was it was like, oh, we settled at Lake Victoria as the source of the Nile. But Merckhardt Waldekar was like, I don't think so. And he spent four years tracking specifically the White Nile, which is one of the, the major tributaries. And he tracked its course and found... This little mountain stream in Burundi um, that's coming down from Mount Kikizi, and he was like, "This is it, I got it." And he built a little monument and uh, and said, "Like this is it, the source du Nil." It's sort of become this destination because there's a stone pyramid that was built at the site.
0: And so you can go and visit that pyramid. Is it hard to get to? It sounds like it might be relatively remote.
1: It's a pretty long hike, and it's sort of in this remote uh, area. It's a couple hours drive from Bujumbara. Um, and there's like a little parking lot at the site, and I think you can hire a guide and like go visit it. Um, and they've they've sort of uh, set up the area for tourists who are, also interested in seeing this. There's like a little channel that this mountain stream, so it's sort of elevated. And at this point, like, honestly, it looks a little artificial.
0: It kind of looks like a water slide, to be honest. There's...
1: <laughs> it looks like a little water slide. Yeah. It's really fascinating. So
0: who is, ri- I mean, who actually found the source of the Nile? Who, who was right?
1: You know, that's a great question. And I think the answer is, A lot of different people, Uh, you know, Burkhart Waldekar is one of them.
0: I I feel like there was, you know, the Victorian need for, like, um, declarative victory. You know what I mean? Like, I did this thing, only one person could do it, and I did it first, was so strong that it almost, like, warped their, like, rational thinking. Like, these, I feel like these people should have thought, like, it seems pretty intuitive, like, yeah, rivers have a lot of sources. Like, there's not, I don't, what's weird to me that they were fixated on finding like the source.
1: And you know, what's, what I find really interesting too, and I think you see this in a lot of other like, you know, first person to summit Everest or these other big mountains, like, These people were sort of trekking through the forest. They weren't doing it on their own. They were hiring local guides who actually knew these waters and knew the forests and the mountains to help them find their way. And then, like, they find it. And they're like, I did it.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Well, thanks for taking the time. It was really fun to hear these
1: stories. Thanks, Dylan. Thank you. Always good to talk and always good to make fun of Victorian explorers.
0: Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes
2: Doug Baldinger,
0: Chris Naka,
2: Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold,
1: Sarah Wyman,
2: Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss,
1: Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson,
0: John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thurist, Wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time.
2: Witness Docs from Stitcher.
1: Travel is
0: great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where OneTravel comes in. With OneTravel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel. you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154.
1: Plan it. Book it. Live it. One travel The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo.